Too rich for who? Y'all just got rich again. Who grips the mic and likes to kill their friends? I've never been the type to make amends. If shit was at a eight, we like to, we like to, we like to. Yeah. If shit was at a eight, we like to make it ten. One to send it sin, I'm going up all the way. I don't like to talk when there's nothing else left to say. Drizzy by the drop, the game is in disarray. I tell you, hear me out, but we both Welcome back to day. another episode of Champions of the West. Um, lucky for us, no one uh, decided to uh, opt in to a uh, three or four year contract to move to LA. Sean threatened it a little bit. He uh, He's an unrestricted free agent as far as we know. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we have a lot to get to. Um, we're mostly going to hit on the World Cup today. We're going to talk a little bit about LeBron, uh, a couple of Michigan notes, and, uh, and and anything else. Um, so yeah, let's let's start with the World Cup. We'll start with the knockouts. Um, the first game of the knockouts. I mean, we thought before the turn before the knockouts that the best game of the tournament was probably going to be Spain and Portugal, and the France and Argentina game was unbelievable. Could be the best game of the entire tournament. Uh, it was France four, Argentina three. Uh, Kylian Mbappe had two goals. Uh, the the two best goals of the game, I thought, were Pavard, the French defender, and Angel Di Maria. Um, Argentina scored a late one, but but France was able to hold on. Uh, Sean, I mean, you know, as as still a soccer novice, what did you think about it? Two things. One, France looked like the team to beat. Mm. And two, Mbappe is a household name at this point. I mean, fastest guy left for World Cup at 19 years old. Uh, good looking kid, both physically, but also just like on, on the field. He, he has everything. Uh, excited to see Mbappe emerge as one of the new, new folks within the generation that's going to be, you know, the new Messi, the new Ronaldo. I don't know if we're going to put them in that category, but what's interesting is a lot of the guys that I remember hearing all about, uh, this is probably going to be their up. So awesome to see a guy like Mbappe come up and score two goals in a huge game. Um, the Pavard goal I thought was one of the best goals I've seen, uh, period. So good. Fucking yeah. so, so, so good. Bullet. Beautiful. Uh, and then... Yeah, no, I mean, France looked really good. They are young, they are athletic, and they were in control of that game despite being down 2-1. I thought that was really interesting how they came back and were not, were not worried uh, whatsoever. Uh, the final thing I would say is it's kind of sad to see a guy like Messi, uh, who, who some say is the greatest they've ever seen, uh, never even win anything for his team. Uh, and a lot of people blame that on the management coaches. So yeah. those are my, you know, quick takeaway. Messi also, and Ronaldo, who we'll get to in a second, neither of them have ever scored a goal in a knockout game in a World Cup. Yeah. So they're not clutch. Go ahead. And Mbappe has two. And Mbappe has two. And 19. Yeah, I think Mbappe is definitely worth the money, clearly, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she paid for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope he keeps scoring. I also think it'll be interesting to see where his career goes because – PSG, if they don't get it done in the Champions League, everyone kind of forgets about them because the French League's kind of pretty weak besides, you know, them and Monaco. Definitely. You know, maybe a couple random teams every Mm -hmm. once in a while. Um, So I think it'd be interesting if we see him on the move, maybe not this year, but in a year or two, if they deal him out for even more money. Totally. Um, Yeah. But yeah, other than that, uh, that was an awesome game. Um, And yeah, I guess going off of Messi and 
Ronaldo not making it out of the round of 16, um, the teams that beat him. I mean, what do you think, Josh, about, you know, Uruguay and and going forward from there, like if they can keep winning? So I'm all in on Uruguay. Um, I read a really interesting article today that was talking about Uruguay's center backs. Um, they're the two center backs for Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid consistently is one of the best teams in Spain, one of the best teams in Europe. Um, they don't score a ton, but they have French star Antoine Griezmann as their, their striker, as their main guy. Um, they're defensively, they're really sound. And if you have those two guys as your core pieces, and you've only given up one goal in four games, granted the competition in the first three games wasn't great, um, you're not going to beat yourself. Yeah. You know, France gave up three goals to Argentina. That's not good. Um, you know, Uruguay doesn't have the scoring prowess all around the field, but they have Suarez and they have Cavani. And when you have those two guys, you're in any game that you play. Um, I don't think they'll beat France, but, you know, I, I have much more faith in them after watching them put on a great performance against Portugal than I did before that game. I mean, what do you think? John? I, I, what I really found to be, so I'll preface this with the fact that I have Uruguay beating France. Oh, I was regretting that when I saw France play Argentina. Uh, Uruguay seems like a team that is peaking at the right time, totally. uh, especially with that 3 0 drubbing over Saudi Arabia, Russia, whatever, whomever they played Russia, in the last uh, yep. group stage. Russia, who you know, who can't you know, you can't knock it off as a joke at this point. But uh, the the play with Cavani and Suarez has been amazing. I think both those goals were world class. Um, those two guys seem like they are rowing in the same motion, or whatever stupid metaphor you want to use. Um, I think that I think that you cannot discount the fact that they've only let in one goal uh, in four games, and that's actually. Beyond that, they never even let in a goal during World Cup, uh, the prelims, and also any other friendly in 2018. So oh, wow. defense with championships, the old adage is, too, is true. So I, I really like the way Uruguay is playing. I think that they are confident they're playing as a team. It's a 3.4 million person state, uh, excuse me, not state, Nation. not city, Nation. but country. We're going to have to do geography country. with you one day. I'm excited to do a geography lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can call them a state. You hey, can call them hey, a state. I mean, You're just too technical for us. <laughs> They're a nation South state. American state. All I'm saying is that the, it is a small nation. They have a lot of pride. They, oh, yeah. They have a great team. This is kind of their last shot, and I think that they're going to do really well. Um, I bet, I bet they're going to beat Portugal and I bet they're going to beat France. Wow. Yeah. I think, uh, Uruguay is an elite team, but the only thing they're missing is a midfield. And I think that's sure. where France kind of has two elite players and, and go Kante and Paul Pogba. Two Pogba. totally different type of midfielders. Exactly. Two, one attack perfect, and one defending. Perfect combination. For sure. I think they have the best midfield in the world cup, yeah. uh, by far. And I think that's where Uruguay may be exposed, where they kind of can control the pace of this game and not, you know, let as much uh, get fed to Cavani and Suarez. Um, and I think they somehow end up winning. It might be a 1-0 game. It might be something like that, because I agree that Uruguay has unbelievable defense. Um, but, yeah, I see France moving on from that one. Um, but I don't know if you just want to get into the rest of the games mm -hmm. or – yeah, let's let's get into the rest. I'll Sean, I'll ask you whether you're gonna hard back on that Uruguay France prediction at the end. Um 
yeah, let's let's get into the uh, the third game. Let's get into Spain. Um, everybody thought that Spain was going to cakewalk over Russia. You know, Russia had a really easy group. Nobody thought uh, that that the Russians would really be able to do much in the knockouts. Um, I saw a stat. I think that Spain complete, completed eleven hundred passes, um, but their only goal that was registered was an own goal. Um, the Spanish team is incredible in the midfield, but we talked about going into the tournament, their lack of an elite striker. Costa had a great game against Portugal and then kind of faded the rest of the way through. Um, I think the coaching change, that maybe not direct behind the scenes had a major impact. This is a Spanish team that almost lost to Morocco. This is a Spanish team that barely got by Iran. They weren't exactly destroying the competition in their group. And the Russians played a perfect game. They, they did what they wanted to do. They were playing for penalties. They were able to get away with that. And they'll be moving on. Uh, Sean, what was the biggest surprise to you in that game? Uh, was it a player? Was it the collective of Spain? Um, and, and do you think that Russia is a legit contender going forward? So the biggest surprise to me was Diego Costa's lack of opportunities. I think that that can be also said about Messi. Those guys seem like respectively the best players on their, on their teams. And I don't think that they were put in a position to be successful. Russia, I do not think is a legit contender. Uh, I mean, they're playing Croatia who has a very, very solid midfield and is, is undefeated so far. Despite what Putin's doing and whatever PEDs they're doing, I think that Russia's going to see the end of their reign uh, next game. But Josh, no, I completely agree. I think that the management shift was completely under-discussed. Interesting to kind of hear about when the dust settles, uh, what folks are saying about that, because, I mean... From a roster perspective, it seems like Spain was one of the most talented teams out there. They were, you know, they were they, they were in that first tier of, of teams to win it all. Um, and I completely agree to your point. I mean, they were not impressive whatsoever. Some said that they had the best uh, defense in the in the World Cup leading up to this, and Ronaldo scored three goals on them. So, and De Gea absolutely looked like a shell of himself. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I was underwhelmed with Spain, and I think that they should have given uh, they should have given their better players opportunities with the ball. And the one guy I think that they really missed, who we talked about a little before, was Alvaro Morata. Um, I think they needed him as a as a scoring option off the bench, and that was something that they sorely lacked as well. Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree. They looked they looked like a shell of their own team, and I don't know if that's kind of the managerial switch or, or what, but they couldn't. They couldn't create any opportunities. They looked like they looked like a team that you know you have to pass with purpose, and they were just passing around because they couldn't figure out what else to do. Seventy-four percent possession passing yeah, around. Exactly, and Russia was completely pass with purpose. I like that, Nick. What? What was that? I like that, Nick. Pass with purpose. Yeah, yeah, you I got agree. Hundred percent. Totally agree. Like a team like Belgium, who we can get to. Well, we will. Yeah, and uh, you know that. That team passes with a purpose. Yeah, they got down 2-0. Yeah. Um, but Spain clearly 
needs to have a kind of a revamp of their team because totally. all their players are kind of getting up there at the end of their careers. Ram- I feel Ramos, like. Ramos said he wanted to play at the next World Cup. Exactly. And he could. And he could. He's he crazy. absolutely could. They, yeah. they, they all obviously could, but For I sure. feel like they definitely need a resurgence. Definitely. Um, from Asensio and, and people like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's a major letdown, too, because everyone was talking about that was the sweet part of the bracket, the weaker half, the bottom half, the half with Russia where you get to play Croatia and avoid some of the big boys. Spain didn't take advantage of it. Um, a team who we think probably will take advantage of it, though, I want to talk about Croatia. Um I, I thought through the first three games, they looked like you could argue the, the second, first or second best team in the tournament. They kind of looked underwhelming against Denmark. Um, Kasper Schmeichel had a massive save on Modric's penalty with about three minutes to go and extra time. But it didn't really feel like outside of the first 10 or 15 minutes that they were really challenging. Uh, Denmark's game plan was to sit back. They scored one early. They gave up another one really early. But... I wouldn't exactly say that Denmark is, is a great team, and, and I wouldn't say Russia is either. But given Croatia's draw and what you've seen from them in the first three games, what do you think Croatia's chances are to actually win this thing? Sean? Hey, so I'm glad you asked me first. In my pool, this is somewhat strategic. I actually have Croatia winning it all. Wow. I assume no one else would would. would pick that and I was right uh I mean they have an incredibly weak draw Bovada has them at plus 600 odds right now which really isn't that bad um Denmark they definitely looked weak against Denmark I definitely give you guys that I mean I think you mentioned the goalkeeper for Denmark I don't remember what his name was but after that save when it went to PKs I feel like we were all thinking the same thing that Denmark was going to win this game sure. uh just because the the air was definitely taken out of the tails of Croatia. Uh, that being said, I think that the the PK win is something that's going to kind of drive a sense of urgency, kind of kind of galvanize the team, galvanize the fans uh, to to start picking it up because they knew how close it was. They knew how close they were to losing. Um, that being said, Denmark isn't Denmark isn't anything to be trifled with, right? I mean, they they took France to a nil nil draw. Um, so, so I I think it's, it's survive in advance, right? Um, Croatia, I think, is going to breeze by Russia, and they're going to be in a good spot in the second half of the bracket. Uh, I I totally agree. Um, I think you know, as we said, we we, we thought Spain was going to have no problem with uh, with Russia, but but they did. Nick, did Russia show you anything? Sorry, did did Denmark? Uh, did excuse me, did Denmark show you anything, or do you think that Croatia just had an off night and they'll be able to rebound? Yeah, I think Cash versus Michael played an unbelievable game. I yeah. think they, they would have scored two without, sure. without him having an unbelievable game. So I think Croatia did play okay, um, and they they kind of held on for four penalties almost at the end. Um, so I'm not too worried. I think they will they will be Russia. Um, I think that's where the luck runs out. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing game. Awesome game, yeah. Super, super exciting. Um, as we kind of exciting. The first, the first five minutes were exciting, and then the yeah, it was pretty slow. One hundred and twenty-five minutes. I appreciate that. <laughs> I respect that. Um, we'll move into today's games. 
Uh, first game, Mexico-Brazil, scoreless at halftime. Uh, the Brazilians managed to find two goals, both inside the six-yard box. One coming from Neymar, one's coming from super sub Bobby Firmino that a lot of people on Twitter I saw want Firmino to start over Gabriel Jesus. Um, Mexico, again, out in the round of 16. Their their fate is sealed before it even begins. Um, never never beaten Brazil. Never, never beaten Brazil. Um, Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, did you did you see most of this game? What do you like about Brazil? Um, and and as we'll get to in a second, they have an incredibly tough matchup that could almost be billed as a pseudo final in the quarterfinals. Um, but yeah, yeah no, I mean I didn't result. watch much of the game. I saw the highlights. Um, someone's got to work around. Here. Yeah, no, I get but, it. Monday morning, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I thought they did look good from the highlights, and they probably probably the best game and they could be a team you would say could be peaking right now. Um, sure. So yeah, that'll be an amazing game against my team that I chose early. Um, Belgium who, Ooh, man, I, I did see that game and that was a scary one to watch. They yeah. looked, they looked like a different team. They did the first 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did you, Sean, did you watch the Brazil game at all? I didn't see them. Um, so I'm still just riding my Belgium team and not, yeah. the Belgium, but I did. I did hear they did yeah. look like a good team today. Yoga Bonito. So this, yeah, Yoga Bonito. I had, by the way, on a completely different tangent. One to the fans who are who are listening that are soccer novices like me. Are you guys a, are you guys familiar with the Yoga Bonito? If not, it is this guy who like produced content on behalf of Nike and Ronaldinho was always like the star, right? Zlatan also made some cameos, yeah. and Yoga Bonito means beautiful football or something like Quite that. But uh, yeah. check that, fans, check that out if you haven't. Uh, Nick, to your question, to start, probably the first team, first 15, 20 minutes, Mexico looked like the better team. They were dictating pace of, pace of play. You could actually probably extend that for the first 30 minutes. Uh, the right back of, of Brazil, I don't remember his name, was having a terrible game, and I think Brazil was able to uh, kind of expose that at the yeah. beginning. No, Sean, that's, that's, what? A, that's a good point. Um, they were missing Marcelo. And so Fogner filled in for them, yep. and he really was getting burned. I The commentators kept saying that the coaches and the players kept going over to him um, because he just he just wasn't up to par as the rest of the Brazilian team. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you guys watch, if you guys listen to the kind of progression of my soccer analysis, I hope you'll be happy. But it's, uh, it's getting really good. It's getting second half sure. was different. It's getting really good, yeah. Second half was completely different. The 39-year-old Mexican dude who's played in his fifth World Cup got subbed out. Marquez, Mexico yeah, had uh, subbed all three of their – used up all three of their subs probably within the first 15 minutes of the second half. The guys that I thought looked great were – I mean, specifically was Willian. I think that he was able to uh, – he was at a different level from a speed perspective than other guys. I mean, he was able to just blow by people. And I think he ultimately he set that cross in, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. mistaken. Uh, I mean, hey, Brazil looks like Brazil. Was, I mean, they look like the Brazil that I was used to, not the Brazil that got smacked by Germany in their home court, in their home turf. So really excited to see those guys uh, continue. And um, 
hey, the spread was minus one, and they scored uh, that second goal in 90th minute or something. So I am uh, I am not not complaining whatsoever. Yeah. No, um, I, I think you're right. I think Brazil, uh, I, I think they're extremely talented up top, but they will face a vaunted defense. They got exposed for, for a little bit in the second half today. Um, as good as the Argentina-France game was, you could argue that the Belgium-Japan game today was uh, was right on par. Um, I think Japan actually looked the better side in the first half. I thought they created the better chances. The movement was great. Um, they managed to put two past Thibaut Courtois in the first seven minutes, two great strikes, one from the right side into the left corner and one from outside the box. It was a screamer that Courtois had no chance on. Um, and one of our favorites, a team that we all liked, was on the ropes with 40 minutes to go. Uh, Vertonghen had a header that I think he meant to cross. And he managed to put in the corner. Uh, Fellaini, Marijuan Fellaini's signature header. And then when Japan was trying to see the game to extra time, they were passing it around. They got a corner. And I honestly believe that the Japan did not want a corner because they sent too many men forward. The corner was awful, an easy snatch for Courtois, and they were off. And it felt very reminiscent of Landon Donovan against Algeria, <laughs> watching a team counter. Uh, Lukaku had an awesome dummy where he, he let the ball go to Nasser Chadley. Chadley finished, and that ended up being the last kick of the game. Uh, Belgium survived and advanced 3-2 over Japan. Nick, what, yeah. do, what do we think? I mean, I think that just shows – shows themselves probably more importantly but shows everyone how good they can be yeah they played awful for 60 60 odd minutes yep. and end up winning three two mm-hmm. on three very well set up goals for sure um and yeah i i'm excited for that that belgium uh oh, yeah. belgium brazil matchup which honestly i think either team that wins that could be the winners mm-hmm. of the world cup um but but yeah i I'm pulling for for Belgium, and I'm sticking with them from the start to the finish. Wow, Sean, crushing to be honest, absolutely crushing. I, uh, you know, if the uh, diehard followers remember from last pod, I am uh, a quarter Japanese, mm-hmm. so and, and half Indian. So anytime Indians or Japanese are out playing sports, I'm I'm rooting for them. Um, terrible to see, terrible to see my boys go down like that after being up 2-0. Uh, one of the questions that I, I had from, from watching the replays was, was the Japanese goalie in position? right? Like, Or was that just one of those balls where it was like perfectly and just luckily placed where he was not able to, um, you know, to, to, to defend that? I guess the better question is, when they looked at the tape, was that the goalie's mistake? Uh the other thing that I saw, though, was the fact that, and I'll use the term galvanized again, um, just because I guess, I don't know, I'm, I'm tired, but Belgium is going to be galvanized from that game. A team that has historically underperformed looked like they were going to get sent home early again, but hey, new life. They looked incredibly new life. Uh, the Lukaku fake was amazing. Uh, I thought that that was just kind of the icing on the cake. And the thing that I saw saw Josh and Nick, uh, you know, a lot of good counterattacks was almost, you guys remember the Michigan-Notre Dame Frozen Four game this year, 
uh, it was kind of similar to that where it's just kind of like the better team has that counterattack in the last couple seconds and they make they make it happen at the end. Uh, but crushing crushing for my boys. Good to see that Belgium lives up to, to their expectations. And I completely agree with you guys. I think that the Belgium-Brazil game will be uh, the, the next round. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be either side of those teams. For sure. On the, on the goal, quickly, the goalie came out and punched. And then he was on his line defending the near post. And as a goalie... You don't. You, you're never trying to give up that near post. If a cross or a header comes in, you're trying to be as close to that near post as possible to defend that. The goal, I looked it up because I didn't know, is eight yards wide, which is 24 feet. So by the time he headed the ball, the goalie would have had to have run and dove eight yards across the entire mouth of the goal, and it was just over his head and it lofted, so he had no play on it. So he was definitely not to fault there. Um, it was a perfect header on kind of a fluky play, I think. I, I don't think it was necessarily yeah. a fluky. shot. Fluky, definitely. Um, the two other quarterfinal Thank matches. you for that, though, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, as a former goalie myself, I, I at least want to give you a little bit of insight uh, into what was going on, especially since uh, Kawashima had a couple other awesome saves. Or Kawasaki, I think that's his name. He was awesome today. Um, but I do want to hit on the two other quarterfinals quickly. We have Sweden and Switzerland tomorrow, Colombia and England. Nikki, predictions, what do you think? I think uh, the Sweden-Switzerland game will be really interesting. I yeah. think it's two very different teams. I For think sure. Sweden kind of is trying to kind of make this a high-scoring game. Uh, shots on net, you know, kind of controlling the counterattack. And Switzerland, I think, kind of sits on the ball and, and kind of waits for their, their prime opportunity to strike. So um, it'll be interesting. I think Switzerland will go through. I think they ultimately have better players. Um, and then on the other game, I think uh, England's going to win that game. And I think England is playing playing well, and they might have uh, done something right by not winning their group because um, I think they have a Columbia team that hasn't looked great. They've looked good at some points. Um, but I think England is going to try and figure this out, and uh, I think this is a good team to do it against where they're going to be able to make some mistakes that Columbia won't maybe take advantage of every single one of them. And Especially given that Columbia's best player, Hamez, is injured. Whether he plays or not is unclear, but he's definitely exactly. not going to be 100% Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that uh, England goes on and so does Switzerland. Sean? I would agree with uh, with the takes with Nikki's takes. I I'm I like Switzerland. I like those little guys of Zavi and uh, Shakiri. I don't know if Zavi's small, but for Jaka, Shakiri Jaka, is. Jaka, I don't know. Jaka, he's a gunner, dude. And no, Shaka, sorry. he'll fuck you up. You say his name wrong again, he'll it's... he'll pop up on your shoulder. <laughs> he'll get me. He'll get you. Okay. Well, yeah, Shaka, Shaka. I had just missile against uh, Serbia, I think, which is oh, yeah. amazing to yeah, see. That's and, how he plays. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go back to Red cards and 35-yard goals. Yeah, and just missiles. I'm going to go back to Nick's, uh, Nick's point that he made a couple of weeks ago. That was the only come-from-behind victory, uh, that 2-1 that victory uh, Switzerland over Serbia. I like the Serbia – sorry, I like the Swiss. I'm going to go with them. Um and I agree with you, Nick. Hamas Ramirez, their, the, the Colombian's best player, is out. 
Rodriguez, Ramirez, Rodriguez, whatever, um, he is out or he's hurt. Uh, I don't see I don't see Colombia winning that game, especially with the momentum England has. Harry Kane seems like, hey, he could be the he could win the Golden Boot. And um, you know, at the beginning of the pod, I said I was not a uh, an England guy. I'm 180 degrees reversing that that decision. Uh, I like the youth, and I kind of want to see them taste some sort of glory before Croatia knocks them out in the semis. Let's hear your best Harry Kane impression. Come on, Josh. That's you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna save that. We'll see what happens with England. If England. Well, I, we'll do semifinal predictions. If England makes the semifinals, it's coming I'll, out. It'll come out. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll do it. And if and if England wins, if England wins the whole thing, I'll do like ten minutes. Or you guys can ask me questions. And I'll do Harry Kane. So I'll put Shirt that on the record. So shirt off as well. Shirt off with this number. This number uh, shaved into your chest. Oh God. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Um. Anyway, in, in in things that are attainable, let's talk about semifinal predictions quickly. Um. So I'm gonna go with. France, Belgium, Croatia, and I would not have thought this before the tournament. Hashtag play the babies, but I think England is also going to make the semifinals. Sean, who who do you think? Uh, I go Uruguay, Brazil, Croatia, England. So okay. the only two differences being Uruguay and Brazil. The rationale in what I mentioned before, I, France is just kind of as a culture of crumbling when the going gets tough i mean up again up until wow. this this amsterdam game uh i don't think sport. of their team the country as just um you know we can talk about history if we want to go into there but hey geography history there's similar stuff so i don't i don't think i should be talking about that uh so i'm gonna go uruguay over france and then brazil belgium Brazil looked really, really strong. They've only given up one goal, and that goal, they would argue, should be taken back. Uh, so that's why I'm going there. Croatia seems like they have a cakewalk into it, um, and I think Josh and I were both kind of thinking that Spain looked weak coming up into the round of 16. Uh, so that's the rationale there. And then England seems like they have the probably the easiest draw uh, to get to the semis. Well, relative. Relative. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And Nikki, you're going Relative. with Yeah, I'm going with the same as you, Josh. Um, I have France, Belgium, Croatia, and England moving on. Um, and then I have – are we doing finals or are we – No, we're going to save the semifinals wait? for next All right. week. All right. We'll see what Fair happens. Enough. We'll see well, how then, we do. We're gonna, that's we, what I'm going Keep them coming. Keep them listening. We got to keep people a little bit. Well, now, yeah, now we can move into – NBA? Yeah, the, be- the best part of the NBA, I think. The best part of the NBA. The I kind of agree because if you get Warriors and Cavs, then really, what what do we play a hundred games for? Um, we'll start with LeBron signing with LA, um, where the three of us are convinced, and he did it to play with Mo. He knows that he needed a better pick and pop five. Mo is that guy. Mo is passionate. No brainer. The Lakers have made a couple kind of bizarre signings around him. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, Javale McGee, and Lance Stevenson. Sounds more like a sitcom than a basketball team the Lakers are trying to put together. Um, but uh, but we'll see. Sean, you have breaking news. I have breaking I have one part of breaking news. I'll let Nick go with the, the entree of the breaking news, the appetizer breaking no news. And hey, 
this is why you listen to Champions of the West. By yeah, the way. I mean, we, we get this stuff straight from the source. Mr. Rajon Rondo is is going to the Lakers. Wow, and wow. Rondo. So they're yeah. they're kind of putting together an older team that can't really shoot. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, I had this whole hot take about how LeBron went to LA because if he beats Golden State in the Western Conference and you know San Antonio and takes this young LA team to the finals and wins against maybe presumably the Celtics next year. Sure. Um, which he's already single-handedly beat. So he's not scared of them. Um, I was going to say how he would easily be considered the best best player ever. But we have more breaking news that DeMarcus Cousins has signed like a $5 million one-year deal with yeah. Golden State. So now I yep. don't think there's any shot that LeBron goes to the finals next year, even if he does average 65 points a game sure. in the quadruple double. You just can't. Who's leaving Golden State? Yeah. Is anyone leaving? Or are they all so. going to be there? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is the Warriors shut the league down? Clay? The Warriors have five All Stars. Um, Cousins is coming back from an ACL injury, so he won't actually be able to play until December. No, Achilles. 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 Nice calm take, and now I'm fired up. Wow. I think the NBA is a joke. Wow. For okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, you have to block that. I I don't disagree, Sean. I'm concerned. I mean, I think we're going to – LeBron didn't just go to to get shit on by the ball boys. Um, I'm assuming Lonzo's probably going to get shipped off, and he's probably going to get shipped off to the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard coming, and they will probably have the best defensive team uh, from just like a pure shutdown matchup perspective in the league. So, the you know, the moving pieces are not done yet. Uh, that being said, I think that LeBron is going to have to get Kawhi and probably someone else to make this an interesting, uh, an inter- interesting squad. Because I think on one end of the spectrum, you have these guys that are pretty young that are unproven, you know, which is kind of a euphemism for not that who haven't really developed and haven't made their NBA. And on the other side, you have guys that are over the hill. Um, you know, like Lance Stevenson, like Rajon Rondo. So the jury is still out on the LeBron, uh, LeBron Lakers. Mm, they need more players before they can contend with the Rockets, before they contend with the Jazz, before they can contend with the Lakers, of course. But, I mean, as we all know, the, the Western Conference is clearly the better side. Uh, so there needs to be, you know, in addition to Kawhi, someone else that's going to be on that team that's going to have that instant impact that's proven – but not over the hill. Got it. Um, well, we will see what happens. As, as Nick said, and I thoroughly agree with, the NBA offseason is the best part of the season on, until we get two different teams other than the Warriors and the Cavs playing each other. Um, for next week, we are going to hit on a few Michigan commits, a uh, couple football guys. Uh, there's a basketball guy that I like. That, that Sean is a little bit less uh, bullish on. Um, we are going to talk about all four uh, World Cup quarterfinals. It should be awesome. Um, we'll see who else moves around in the NBA. Um, that's probably it. I, I think I think the between the NBA, the World Cup, and some Michigan news that uh, that should probably fill us. So for that, 
We always know Russia's going to win the World Cup and Golden State's going to win the fucking NBA no, championship. No, it's not death taxes in Russia. If Russia it's wins death the World taxes, Cup, Russia that would be and the Golden State Warriors. I hope we don't come back at this time next week and talk about how Russia has actually a clear path. Oh, my God. Time. We're going to have to ship Putin off back up to North Korea. For that, for your non-pro-Russian signing just off, got rich again. Josh Stern, Who grips the mic and likes Sean to kill their friends. The I've never Stay been safe. the type to make amends. <laughs> if shit was at an eight, we like to, we like to, we like to. Yeah. If shit was at an eight, we like to make it ten. One to send it sin. I'm going up all the way. I don't like to talk when there's nothing else left to say. Drizzy by the drop, the game is in disarray. I tell you, hear me out, but we both know end of the day. Your sister is pressing play, your trainer is pressing play, your wife.